Hey everybody, you're listening to Keegan and D's Fight Channel. We are doing a UFC 263 breakdown. My name is Keegan. And I'm D. And we're going to be going over 263, UFC that is. And it's going to be a huge card. According to MMA Manifesto, this is the based on their pound for pound rankings. This is the third highest ranked card since 2017. The third highest ranked card since 2017. Did you happen to see what number two and number one were? I did not get an opportunity. I, I was looking over their website and I couldn't find number two, number one. Oh um, man. Maybe they that, just made up. They were just like, no, nah, this is gonna be number three. They don't even know. Right? They don't even know, <laughs> but they use uh they use an ELO ranking to go ahead and make that uh make that out based on who everyone has fought and the outcome of the fight. So if you guys want more info, go to sportsdaily.com and look up their MMA manifesto uh blog. Uh very good read there. But uh let's get into 263. This whole event is uh, just up and down great, but w the prelims, uh, we wanted to get to that a little bit, but, uh, you know, it'd be impossible for us to cover every single fight in a half hour, so uh, we're just going to pick one fight apiece. D, which fight did you pick uh, from the prelims? So, uh, the fight I picked from the prelims, in my opinion, shouldn't even be on the prelims, uh, given the implications uh, oh, of totally. the outcome. Totally. Um, but it's going to be Lauren Murphy. Versus Joanne Calderwood, better known as JoJo Calderwood, I would say. This is going to be a great fight between these uh, these two ladies. Uh, both of them, once again, surprises not on the main card. Uh, with that being said, Lauren Murphy called for a title shot after her last fight. I mean, we, and we both talked about it that their records are surprisingly good. I think what Calderwood is 15 and 5. And Laura Murphy's out here at 14 and 4, and she's a sneaky 14 and 4. She's like third, and Calderwood's six. That's like one I don't think uh, a lot of people uh, a lot of people are going to uh, be watching the fight for, but I think it's going to be one of the ones that a lot of people remember. Exactly. And given the fact that there are no um, uh, women's fights on the main card, I'm very surprised that Laura Murphy and Joanne Calderwood didn't make the main card and weren't probably the opening fight on the main card. I'm very surprised by but that. But I think it just speaks to the ramifications of like what's going to happen after this event for every fight that's on the main card. Exactly. It shows the depth of this card as well. And uh, so, Keegan, uh, which fight did you uh, want to highlight in, as far as your, uh, your feature prelim? Yeah, feature prelim is Carlos Felipe and Jake Collier. Carlos Felipe sitting at 10-1, and 1, Jake Collier at 12-5. and 5. Now, you might not know those offhand, but if you Remember, Carlos Felipe had that war with Justin Taffa, I think, a couple months back. So in January, uh, on the Holloway Cater uh, card. I think we watched that fight together, didn't we, D? We, uh, we, we were hanging out on Discord. Yes, uh, and that was, uh, that, was an epic, uh, that was an epic card there. Uh, Holloway Cater. That was a, and it seems like so long ago. <laughs> right? But yeah, that, that, that fight was uh, with Justin Taffa, who I love. It was a brawl. It was such a brawl that I, I legitimately thought that this happened a lot sooner. Like when I was going over uh, our our pre-show research for our, our picks, uh, when I saw that it was January, I was like, I felt like that was like yesterday because of how like compelling the fight was. Like it was one of those fights where we were watching it and it was like, okay, you know, it's going to be two big guys because they are, you know, kind of like I honestly thought Tafa had it in the bag just walking into it. And Carlos Felipe just took it to him. Uh, it was a decision after three rounds. Uh, but that's not to count out Jake Collier, right? Uh, Jake Collier has a win over Vicente Luque 
or no, Gian Volante. I'm sorry, Gian Volante la, uh, last year. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good fight. I, I I vaguely remember that fight, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was a good fight. Both of these guys are dogs. Both of these guys will stand in the middle of the ring and throw. Uh, not because they they you know can't do anything else, but more or less like I think it's just like <laughs> for the expenditure of energy you're gonna have to do. Uh, both of them uh, are looking to just throw hands, but I will say that their pre-fight, uh, their pre-fight weigh-ins, they both actually looked a lot better than they have, uh, should we say, for their than their last fights. So this could be an interesting, uh, an interesting fight. Maybe a new era for both Carlos Felipe and Jake Collier. His strike percentage was going up over his last three fights, uh, Carlos Felipe. So he seems to be getting better. And then that one against Justin Taffa, like that shows like you know an improvement um in competition as well so he, you can only fight who's put in front of you i really think that carlos felipe is gonna um is gonna be uh the winner of that fight but jake collier if you're looking for a dog to bet on i don't i wouldn't see him as a bad option so let's get in to uh ufc 263 the main card uh first fight on the main card d is paul craig Versus Jamal Hill. So Paul Craig. Let's talk about Paul Craig a bit. He is a last second fight winner. Yeah. Or loser in that in, in that case too. Jimmy Crute caught him at the at the last second of a round. That he did. That he did the last second of the third round at that. So it, he is a he's a grinder from from all estimation. But he's also going against Jamal Hill, who's coming in here with an eight and zero record. Which, by the way, can we just say? Uh, big shout out to Jamal Hill getting an eight and O record, getting the uh, marijuana test uh, overturned, so that the first round knockout of Klitson Abreu actually stands. That's awesome. So happy for him for that. So happy for him for that. Um, don't want to go too deep into uh, the nature of his uh, the fight being overturned in the first yeah, place because but, it's uh, not important, I'm, right? It's like something that is so dumb that we it doesn't even deserve to be talked about. Exactly, and the fact that. Uh, he got what was rightfully his. Yeah, because if you saw that, uh, if you saw that knockout, I mean, it was an honest KO of a guy who everybody was talking going into that fight was going to be, you know, the 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 guy to put a stop to him, you know, particularly. Yeah, to stop the hype train that one might say. Yeah. Paul Craig also came out and said that he doesn't believe that Jamal Hill striking is at the level of the UFC. Which, um, Can I just say I I've watched a lot mm -hmm. of Paul Craig fights very closely. Like I like Paul Craig, but if he is actually calling anybody out on striking, like the the reason he gets last minute submissions generally is because somebody's diving on top of him to rain down strikes and he grabs a hand and then ends the fight. But like for him to talk, I think I mean like we were talking about before that we started recording that I think it's just him trying to goat Jamal Hill into doing something like that, getting overconfident and giving him a chance to catch an arm or a leg. Exactly. And that's my fear for Jamal Hill in this fight, that he will get in a situation where he thinks he has Paul Craig, go at him while he's down. But then Paul Craig is kind of playing a bit of possum and, and you know, catches him. I can see Paul Craig, you know, maybe losing the first two rounds, but, you know, pulling a Paul Craig and getting it done in the I third. I mean, you have to remember, he, these are light heavyweights, right? So, I mean, these aren't guys that necessarily come in, you know, and and go three rounds uh, consistently. You know what I mean? And Paul Craig does. And Paul Craig can go three rounds. He can wear this young guy out 
and take him into deep water and see how he goes. Now, on the flip side, Jamal Hill, that's a test, right? He's a young guy looking for a test in the UFC, and this is it. I mean, he's ranked 15th. Paul Craig is ranked number 14. I mean, this is this is that this is that test for him. Are you deserving of that 15 next to your name? Are you deserving of a 14 next to your name? Or a number at yeah. all, for that matter. So we're gonna see like who's trying to who deserves to fight maybe number nine. Right. Maybe number ten. And later on and, sorry. and later on at another time we can get into the depth of the light heavyweight division because really a couple of wins in light heavyweight kind of makes you a contender. And Jamal Hill being so young, having an eight no record, I mean, there's a lot that can be done for him. But on the same th- on the same token, Paul Craig, only fourteen and four. I think he's in his early 30s. He's still a young guy uh, in terms of fighting. So Mm -hmm. you can see a lot more out of him. Exactly. You can see a lot more out of Paul Craig. With that being said, let's move on to our next fight on the card. This is another huge one. I know. Paul Muhammad, 18-3, and coming in against the 20-10 and veteran UFC legend Damian Maya. What are your thoughts? Well, Bilal Muhammad, you know he he wants to prove something, right? After the Leon Edwards no contest, uh, and he was winning that fight, you know, I think he's he wants to come in and make uh make a statement. And Damian Maya is the perfect opponent for him to do that because Damian Maya, I mean, it's it's Damian Maya, right? He's like, Damian Maya, <laughs> right? No. A win over him, a win over him as, 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 with somebody who's looking to climb up the ranks like Bilal Muhammad and get to a, uh, a title shot, like, or even be in the title picture, a win over Damian Maya puts you there. I mean, think about all of the current and uh, all the champion and the current uh, contenders. All of them have a win over Damian Maya. This puts you in that conversation. And Damian Maya, in his own right, has kind of gone back to his grappling roots. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really like to try and stand and bang with guys as much anymore. Smart. He can because he spent so much time trying to, but he he's he's going back to his roots and getting submissions. Uh, so that's one thing that Bilal Muhammad can't he in the same way that Jamal Hill can't get uh, too overconfident uh, against Paul Craig. Bilal Muhammad cannot get too confident over Damian Maya. I think. Uh, Muhammad here has like a better chance of holding down Maya and like making something like that happen. But Maya's so good in transitions, you can't stay on the ground with him for too long. And also with Damian Maya, I just have a very big, like very big um, submission of the night vibes coming from that match. If Damian Maya yes, pulls it off, absolutely. I can see some kind of like borderline spectacular submission happening in that fight. Um, but I. Honestly, I'm a Bilal Muhammad fan, so I want to see Bilal Muhammad win this fight. But I don't. I'm never going to sleep on Damian Maya's ability to pull a submission. Right. Uh, two submissions and a decision in 2019. Uh, a TKO loss to Gilbert Burns for a title shot, basically uh, in 2020. Losing to Kamaru Usman uh, in 2018. Damian Maya. I mean, he's been. If you're looking at all of the. Uh, his fights from the last four years, uh, every single t- title contender uh, at 170, or yeah, at 170 has faced Damian Maya. So a win over Damian Maya bodes well for uh, for Bilal Muhammad. It bodes well for everyone who has won one in recent memory over Damian Maya. So the next fight, D, uh, we got Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Leon Edwards, 18 and three, with one no contest. 
Nate Diaz, 21 and 12. One of my favorite uh, Rush records. Or wait, is it 12? Yeah, it's 21-12, right? I don't really like I'm not a Rush guy either. I was, <laughs> I, I, it, that one uh, definitely uh, flew over my head, and I was not ducking. So. <laughs> so what do you think about this one, man? Man, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. I mean, you know what I mean? Hearts and minds. <laughs> I mean, where's my heart? Where's my mind? Like, my mind tells me Leon Edwards is going to, I mean, this is an easy fight for Leon Edwards almost, you know? And I don't want to say that about mm-hmm. Nate Diaz ever. Right. Absolutely. But on paper, Leon Edwards should easily win this fight just based on where their career arcs are at the current day, in my opinion. Yeah. I know. Well, I think if there's anybody that's willing to stand with Leon Edwards, it's Nate Diaz, right? However, Nate Diaz can make it dirty, right? He can take it to the ground. He can he can keep Leon Edwards uncomfortable on his feet, not necessarily beat him at boxing because I just don't see that happening. But, like, can definitely make him uncomfortable in, in the clinch. You know, like I said, dirty boxing and, 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 the, uh, and shooting a takedown from clinch. I think Diaz will probably a little bit be a lot better uh, well-versed in it. And you're looking at the ring rust, you know. Uh, Edwards was losing the fight against Muhammad before the eye poke that ended uh, in a no contest. And I, I definitely agree that um, Muhammad was winning that fight. And Nate Diaz, the the ring rust, which is hasn't really been a, I feel like hasn't really necessarily been a problem for Nate throughout his career though. But I feel as though he can make it dirty, he can pull something off because he is Nate Diaz. Yeah. But if it becomes a stand and bang fight. The accuracy of Leon Edwards. Yeah, at any time could end it. But it's going to be a scrap. Right. I uh, I think the longer the fight goes, uh, up and until decision, obviously, I think it's it's Nate. Uh, it's more more of a chance that Nate wins. But if this fight ends early, it's because Leon Edwards finishes it. I had Leon Edwards winning by TKO, and I don't want to... I don't want... <laughs> Don't want to jinx it. Or I don't anything. even want to necessarily even think about like, I I was I just want to watch that fight. I mean, you're not alone though. You're not alone though, because uh, as as uh, as of tonight, which is the night before uh, UFC 263, right now Nate Diaz is the biggest dog on the card. The biggest dog. You I I saw like on William Hill they had him at like minus uh four fifty. Yeah, four fifty. So if you want to make some money. Uh, and you think that there's some there's some uh, well actually we can't give betting advice never mind uh, or can we? I don't, I'm 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 gonna try to stay away from that. I'll tell you what I might We're do. Same. I'll just same. tell you what's going on. I'm I can't tell you what to do. I'm like I'm not gonna put any money on it because I don't. <laughs> but like because I can't. But Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz, if if uh, that's that's the odds. The odds are 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 that Nate Diaz is a dog, and uh, you can never count Nate Diaz. He's like literally. And figuratively, a dog. So, yeah. Let's move along to our championship fights on this card. Two of them tonight. Two championship fights. You always love it when you get multiple belts on the line in the same night. Especially when you get multiple belts on the line and then, like, you know, eliminators below that. That's right. That's a prime card. But we've got Deviesan Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Now, you guys remember, if you remember, pardon. Uh, they had a draw in their last fight, 
and they fought for the belt. And that was a surprising draw. Keegan, what do you think about that? I mean, I actually went back and watched this fight a couple days ago. Oh, it was about a week ago. Uh, my girlfriend and I sat down and we watched it. And man, like it, it was crazy. But one of the very most important things to remember about that fight is that between the two of them, while Davidson Figueredo got rocked a couple of times, uh, Moreno took way more damage, at least physically, like way more damage showed on Brandon Moreno than did on Davidson Figueredo. I, I'm, I'm thinking Davidson Figueredo just because, I mean, like I said, it, his punches had a lot more damage. Like it, they dealt a lot more damage. And Moreno, how many times are you going to take that amount of damage and still keep coming at, uh, at Figueredo? Or Figueredo drops you with one of them shots. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, I feel like the man that's designed to defeat uh, Davey Ace on Figueredo has to like be very evasive as far as from the striking perspective or somebody that is, is going to be the supreme wrestler. That's the only way I can, I can in, like in my mind right now, imagine uh, a Figueredo loss. And, I, and I'm, I'm a fan of Brandon Moreno. As you described him uh, earlier, uh, the Donald Cerrone of his weight okay. class. Yeah, I uh, I didn't want to put it on record, but yeah, I think that I think that at flyweight you're gonna look at you know Brandon Moreno is one of those guys that if you can beat him, you know you deserve to be in the top five. But I don't know that after if if he loses here to Figueredo, I don't see him getting another shot for at least a while. For at least a bit of time, there's definitely gonna be a period of time where he he's not gonna get another shot right away if he. I think he'll he'll be the title qualifier for at least a couple fights. Because if you can beat Brandon Moreno, you're clearly tough. And he, but are you a championship fighter? That's what we're gonna you find out after you defeat Brandon Moreno. I could see this being no, it's gonna be a brawl. That's what you're gonna get when you get a Brandon Moreno, you know, assassin baby, as he uh, <laughs> which um, is interesting that uh. Yeah, assassin first, it a little, man. baby, baby second. He's always a baby. He was like assassin <laughs> is is the uh, the adjective here, not like a baby assassin. You know, interesting. I always thought about that being interesting about him, and also I, I'm a fan because he's somebody that I saw an Ultimate Fighter tournament of champions, which is an excellent season. It's oh, like yeah. the concept of it. Like that's my honestly of the more recent seasons of the uh, Ultimate Fighter. One of my favorites, because we had people like Kai Car France, who we we see till this day. Um, Brandon Moreno. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely others that I'm not thinking off top. But the winner, Tim Elliott. I mean, right, that's yeah. my guy. He's still, I mean, you got you to gotta think that, like, he's probably coming up in the next couple of fights for Davidson Figueredo, as long as things yeah, kind of stay Elliott. where they are. I think he's, a, yeah. I believe he's t um, number six or number seven right now. So I mean, like, yeah, you you could definitely see him fighting for a title here in a couple weeks or in a couple uh, uh, fights. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be a very interesting fight. I didn't even think about that. Uh, how quickly that Tim Elliott has been. Uh, you know, he's been winning a few fights. I was gonna say, I think he he like sneaky has a couple of wins. He beat Ryan Benoit and Jordan Espinosa. His most recent. I mean, he he beat. Uh, Wow, that was a while back, but not really that long ago. But Divi Ace on Figueredo has a W on uh, our guy Tim Elliott. Oh, he lost to uh, Royval. Right? Yeah, that was nice. That arm triangle that Brandon Royval, like that was a nice fight. Oh man, I always forget that he's Royval is at at uh, one twenty five. Me too. He, 
he is gonna be a problem. Yeah, he is a problem. I like him. But then you also gotta think about that man, Askar Askarov. Dude, he's just Khabib, but a little smaller. But then Brandon Royval, our our man Brandon Marino took him out. But we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah, here, absolutely. D. We're, David's we're thinking about we're thinking about the implications. That's that's the excellent part about this card, man. Every fight you just go down the rabbit hole of like what's next for the gentleman involved. So let's get to the right. the main event. The reason we're here. Marvin Vittori versus Israel, the last dial bender out of Sanya. Man, my favorite fighter uh active right now is Israel out of Sanya. Uh man. I cannot wait to see this fight. They have been going at each other pretty hard. No love lost whatsoever uh, when they step into the cage on Saturday. And I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. I honestly think, like, Marvin Vittori uh, has sort of, I don't want to say had an easy road, because obviously no fight is easy. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no such thing as, like, a road that is not I mean beating Jack Hermanson that's huge right beating Carl Carl uh that's huge beating uh Kevin Holland although it was on short notice huge right mm -hmm. but Israel Adesanya in comparison to those three opponents is a whole different world there's not too many people in the class of Israel Adesanya as far as striking, as far as movement, as far as distance control, now, accuracy. It's, it is fair to point out Israel Adesanya suffering his first loss uh, to Jan Blahovitz, and that was back in March. So, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be hungry for it. He didn't take, like, an extraordinary amount of damage in that he fight. He didn't. So I don't think that you're, he's really going to be dealing with too much, uh, you know, res, like residual damage from it. But, you know, you always wonder, though, every like when somebody steps into a uh, fight that close, especially one that they lose after five rounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, those 25, th those, that, those 25 minutes that he spent with Jan Blahovitz, like what, what did that do? Right. Is there any damage at all that'll be lingering from it? Uh, is there is there any lessons that he learned from that fight that he won't, you know, make that same mistake again? Or does he just go, no, this is what got me to the dance. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I don't think Marvin Vittori is going to come in there with the same strategy that Jan Blachowicz ended up employing. I think, like, this has become way more personal between those two. And those type of conversations like that and that kind of energy definitely leads me to see Israel Adesanya taking advantage of the lack of a thought pattern from Marvin Vittori, if you know what I mean by that, kind of similar to the Paulo Costa situation. You know what I notice about this card is kind of a running theme? It's that the challenger in every single fight, in all five fights, I'll argue, the challenger needs to not rush in, right? Whether they're going to do it or not is completely up to the storyline that kind of goes into that fight. But in all five of them, kind of the bottom line is just don't rush and take your time and and win the fight, you know, on your own, right? And we'll see how that pans out for every single one of them. But I think the least likely to actually do that is Marvin Vittori uh, versus <laughs> Israel Adesanya. Like, yeah, I, he's a high head, dude. And it that seems like it. And uh, that feels like that that goes into like the strategy of walking into Israel Adesanya. 
But it can be argued that you need to have that against Israel Adesanya because he is the guy who has basically intimidated or at least shrugged off, at least in attitude. Not, you know, obviously he has a lot of respect for everybody, I think. Oh, except for Paulo Costa. That was some pretty disrespectful shit. But, like, but I think that he at least uh, is going to pay lip service or would at least pay lip service to other people. I don't think he's doing that for Marvin Vittori, and I don't think Marvin Vittori wants to do that for him. So I think it's going to definitely be a devastating uh, outcome for Marvin Vittori as a result. Yeah, I expect Marvin Vittori to be asleep. Not, like, yeah. asleep. I don't want to put, like, 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 he'll knock him out, but I feel like the fight will be stopped. Yeah, I think it. I think you're looking at a second or a fourth. It just depends on if if Israel comes out and goes full clip as far as like wanting to throw hands in the first round. Uh, I think you you have a Marvin Vittori that'll get badly damaged in the first. I think he's tough enough that he won't go out, but I think in the second, uh, you'll he'll have a real problem. Now, if he can weather that storm, uh, I still don't see it going to decision because I don't think Israel wants to let it go to decision this time. Like no. I think he kind of has it as a chip on his shoulder that this last that this one went to decision. Uh, the last time. So, ah, man, yeah, I got to say, it's probably going to be a fourth-round knockout, or it'll be a fourth-round finish uh, in that case. I, I feel like Izzy's going to get him out of there in the first round. Even in, like, our conversations earlier, I never thought that until I started thinking, like, maybe, like, this is, like, another, like, you know, moment for Israel Adesanya where he, like, you know, re-ascends back to the stratosphere he was once on prior to the Yamaha fight. With him being so confident in doing that, is he going to overlook Marvin Vittori? And, you know, I mean, say what we want about how kind of decided this fight already is, but this is the reason they fight the fight, right? Like, Marvin Vittori could rush in and just catch him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I like Vittori, and I, I think... But here's the thing about Marvin Vittori. He is never, not one time, in his career in the UFC, knocked a man out. And wouldn't that be a crazy story? <laughs> what that makes me think about his possibilities of knocking out the last dialbender. Right. I don't think so either. I think, honestly, Israel Adesanya is such an artist on his feet that there is no answer that Marvin Vittori really has. I mean, if, if there is, if Marvin Vittori has an answer for Israel Adesanya, it's fair to say that we have not seen that actually happen yet. Like in his career, we've never seen him demonstrate that he has it, right? But if I he... wouldn't go so far as that. I, I think that like Marvin, you know, he has like well, as far as to stop him, if to to stop him, I mean, take him to decision, maybe, but like like submit him or even like you know TKO or knockout. I just don't see. I don't see it. I haven't seen it uh, from any of his highlights and for many of the fights of his that I have watched. You know, how you like you see like the exits. Like, how can, how many exits, how many ways do you see Marvin Vittori getting out of here with the win? And I see the win, one way. I see a one way. And like, if it's like him knocking him out with a one random punch, that's not no, something to bet on. I would say that, I would say that the one way I see him winning is taking Israel Adesanya to decision, uh, controlling him on the fence, controlling him on the ground, because we have seen that Israel Adesanya is not good at getting up. Like, he has had a tr he has had trouble with grapplers and and getting back to his feet. Now, if he's facing another striker, maybe somebody who's pretty good at scrambles, he's also decent at scrambling and can get back to his feet. 
But as far as handling somebody on the ground or handling, uh, reversing a position on a grappler, uh, that is something we haven't seen out of Israel Adesanya. So if Marvin Vittori were to do something like that, were to take him down, hold him down, land, uh, land short punches from the top, and basically play a control game, much like a, a, a Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, except obviously to a totally different degree and level, but you know, something like that style of fight, or maybe even a better analogy would be a Tyron Woodley, right? Like where they're holding someone down, they're not necessarily beating them, right? Yeah, I can see that. Or they're beating um, them, not necessarily, you know, winning. So like uh, Brittany Elkin last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean. Big shout point. out to Clarissa Shields. That's awesome. So excited for her uh, getting her first MMA win. Woat. The I'm quote. A, the quote. We got to see. Uh, we, we're on team quote already. Oh, yeah. But um, we'll talk to you guys about that on a later show. Uh, leave a comment or a rating on our podcast. Let us know what you think of our predictions. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, thank you for listening to Keegan and D's MMA podcast. I'm Keegan. I'm D. And we are covering. That's our coverage of 263. We'll see you next time. All right.